St. Anthony of Padua lived in the early 1200s. He's known as the Hammer of the Heretics. He was a phenomenal preacher. Say so his preaching was like a hammer that would just break up heresy. You often see his statues. He's uh, holding a book, and on top of the book is the infant Jesus standing on the book. It's because one night somebody saw uh, these brilliant rays coming from underneath the door of his room. So the guy went over there and looked through the keyhole, and he saw on a table there was a, a Bible. And this child with brilliant rays coming out of him is Jesus, standing on top of the book. St. Anthony of Padua, the hammer of the heretics. Gospels, Matthew 5. Jesus speaks, he says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. It's quoting the Old Testament there. But I say to you not to resist evil. But if one strike you on the right cheek, turn to him also the other. And if a man will contend with thee in judgment, and take away thy coat, let go thy cloak also unto him. And whosoever will force thee into one mile, go with him the other two. Give to him that asks of you, and from him that would borrow of you, do not turn away. Let's get a proper interpretation here. But I say to you not to resist evil. If one strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him also the other. So do we interpret that literally? Well, just look at Jesus' passion. Jesus, during uh, the trial of Caiaphas, somebody struck Jesus on the face. Jesus did not literally turn the other cheek. He looked at the guy that smacked him and said, If I've spoken evil, tell me what evil I've spoken. But if not, why do you strike me? Jesus confronted the evil with truth. So that's how you have to interpret that verse. But I say not but I say to you not to resist evil, but if one strike you on the right cheek, turn to also him the other. It's not quite the literal interpretation that a pacifist wants to make. I think what our Lord is telling us here is to uh is to resist evil with truth and then not to sweat the small stuff, not to sweat the stuff going away. Don't be freaked out about stuff, your coat going away, your cloak going away, okay? Your time going away. Don't be concerned about losing your stuff. It's just stuff. What's important is spirit, truth, your soul. Continuing on in the Pius X Catechism on the Minister of Baptism. To whom does it belong to confer baptism? To confer baptism belongs by right to bishops and parish priests. But in a case of necessity, any person, whether man or woman, even a heretic or an infidel, can administer it, provided he carries out the rite of baptism and has the intention of doing what the church does. If it were necessary to baptize a person in danger of death, and if several people were present, who should administer the sacrament? 
A priest, if such were at hand, should administer the sacrament, and in his absence, one of the inferior clergy. In an absence of such, a layman in preface to a laywoman. Unless in case in which the greater skill on the part of the woman or the claims of prepare should demand otherwise. In other words, if there's a guy and a woman there and the guy's a doofus, he can't even make the sign of the cross, have the lady do it. Because it's got to be done right. What intention should the person baptizing have? The person baptizing should have the intention of doing what the church does in baptizing. How is baptism given? Baptism is given by pouring water on the head of the person to be baptized. And if it cannot be poured on the head, then other some principal part of the body, saying at the same time, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. If one were to pour water and another to pronounce the words, would the person be baptized? No. Because it is necessary that the person who pours the water should pronounce the words. It's got to be done right. When in doubt, whether the person is dead or not, is it right to uh, omit baptizing him? When in doubt whether the person is dead, is dead or not, he should be baptized conditionally, saying, If you are alive, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. When should infants be brought to the church to be baptized? Infants should be brought to the church to be baptized as soon as possible. There should be the greatest anxiety to have infants baptized because, on account of their tender age, they are exposed to many dangers of death and cannot be saved without baptism. St. Pius X says, Fathers and mothers who through negligence allow their children to die without baptism sin grievously because they deprive their children of eternal life, and they also sin grievously by putting off baptism for a long time, because they expose them to the danger of dying without having received it. When the person who is being baptized is an adult, what dispositions should he have? Besides faith, he should at least have imperfect contrition for the mortal sins he may have committed. Here's the final question. If an adult person in mortal sin was baptized without such sorrow, what would he receive? He says, if an adult person was baptized in mortal sin without sorrow, he would receive the character of baptism, but not the remission of his sins, nor sanctifying grace. And these two effects would be suspended until the obstacle is removed by perfect contrition or by the sacrament of penance.